right, this is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back. Zen Parenting Radio, episode number 137. Yes. And we are uh, the second week of school, and we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants. I know. We kind of have one, one of those busy days where, like, we're all of a sudden I said, oh, it's almost 11, and Todd said, no, it's almost 1. And right. I was like, wow. So we, with that said, we are doing a show today about... What uh, Happy People Do Differently. It was an article in um, the July-August issue of Psychology Today. Todd hasn't read it. No, I am, <laughs> and I did that on purpose just so I could be like one of the listeners. Did you really do it on purpose? No, that's a, that's a lie. I just told a lie to our audience. Okay. Sorry about that, audience. Yes. Ask for forgiveness. Um, I beg your forgiveness. I have not read this article because I'm trying to do 45 different things, and I had a very non-productive weekend. Yes. Well, productive socially. Yes. Very, very productive socially. Um, all right, so Zen Parenting, this is episode number 137. Zen Parenting Radio, or ZPR as I like to call it, is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom. Me. And a logical and practical dad. Who's that? That's you. That's me. We have three daughters, ages 5, 8, and 10. Our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more important, a better you. to become a better you. So let's jump right into it. What are we talking about? So again, this article... What Happy People Do Differently, and um, again, it was in the July-August issue of Psychology Today 2013, so just last month, or this month. It's still August, isn't it? Uh, August 26th. Do you know, yesterday I was looking at my calendar right above my bed, my Marianne Williamson calendar Mm -hmm. that you gave me, and it was on August like 19th or 20th, Mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, it must be the 21st, Yeah. and I looked at my phone and it was the 25th. You're a week off. I'm like, where am I? And I think- Who are you? Who are you and who and what's going on? What have you done with my wife? (laughs) Here's the thing. I don't think we're alone. I think that a lot of parents who have started school- either last week or today can relate to this like trying to get back into the routine of life and I last week had two or three times where I said how do I do all these things plus school plus all what the girls do I don't remember how to do it do you know no, I mean? it, it takes a while to get into the rhythm I'm my rhythm is way we have not quite gotten into the 2013 2014 school year rhythm yet the rhythm hasn't gotten me and yet. I love making lunches do you no have you made them yet yes once once okay one out of five ain't bad that's 20 percent one out of six because I made them for today too. Ooh, whatever one divided by six is that's not good hey speaking of rhythm do you have that clip pulled up um which which clip? the one that I told you to pull up right before we start there we go so, who watched the VMAs last night? Not me. So, this is the Justin Timberlake band. Otherwise known as InSync. InSync. I'm going to turn it down a little bit and talk over it. Or can we turn it up and listen to it? There you go. This song stinks. This is not nearly as good as Tell Me Why Ain't Nothing sweetie, But That's Backstreet Boys. Heartache. And they did not Tell make an appearance. Ain't Nothing okay. But Sorry. Okay. They did not make an appearance on the VMAs, but they did make an appearance in that movie that we saw, which was the, uh, the one this where... This is the end. This is the end, the Beautiful Seth Rogen movie. Beautiful friend. Um, Blackstreet Boys are in that movie. This have I mentioned that? But let me talk about the fact that Justin was on the uh, VMAs last night, which I have not seen the whole performance because you and I were watching football with your friend Brian Yeah. instead. So I had to sit on the couch and watch football. But then we downshifted into Friday Night Lights. A little more football. Yeah, but you like that show. I do. I was actually happy with it. It was fine, but I did... It's better than watching preseason Vikings and 49ers. Well, VMAs would have been better. Oh, why didn't you bring that up? Well, you know, I didn't think You're that would be... You're trying to be, be... respectful yeah. for our guest who never listens to our show? Correct. Thanks a lot, Brian. 
jerk. Um, but anyway, so Justin um, received an award last night for being like, it's like the Michael Jackson Vanguard Award or something. He's like younger than us and he's getting legend awards. But he. That uh, means we're old. I know. He performed by himself, but he also brought in the uh, NSYNC crew. And I just thought that was pretty cool. So anyway, do you want me to go back to this article? Yeah, let's get it. Let's get okay. it going. So again, the title of this article, What Happy People Do Differently. And Todd and I have talked on the show before about what it means to be happy. And I don't really love the word happy because I think happy is a feeling. And I often think that happy comes from the outside in. It's like something happens to us and then we get to feel it. So we're always striving for it. The word that I prefer or like better, are you messing with no, stuff again? No, I'm fine. Again? Don't worry. Okay. The word that I prefer is contentment, but this article is not called what content people do differently. It's called what happy people do differently. So just understand that these are things that you can, if you really want to bring a little more peace into your life, these are some things that are research-based, which I know people like, but um, I'd like to give our spin on them because I think they really are good things. When I read this article, I told you about it because I was like, these are... Now, we did a show on happiness before. Did Well, I, we've probably done like 12. How is this one going to be any different than the other ones we've done? Well, like I said, because it's coming from research that someone pulled together, and so you know, people like science, you know, you and I can talk about what feels right and what feels good, but a lot of people like to focus on science. And also because I think that a lot of times what people say, do this to be happy, and it's really kind of small and fleeting. And I think the suggestions in here are bigger picture, which is what I like to talk about. Before we talk about it, can I give you my movie line on happy? Yes, let's hear it. Oh, that didn't work. Hold I'm going to guess, well, because you're messing up. It's from Happy Gilmore. It's not. Oh. You know, i got to tell you, I've never seen my sister so happy. Oh. If you hurt her, I'll kill you and make it look like an accident. <laughs> hey, Ian, jeez, look at your face. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. You know what it's from? Good one. Godfather. No, the good one no. is I got a gun. Oh. Yeah, I got a gun, and I swear, I'll jam it right up your ear, and I got you again. I got you again, Ian. <laughs> okay. Come on, lighten up. Lighten up. I'll lighten you up. I'll lighten you when I take out your kidneys. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> one more time, Ian. <laughs> Hey, Angelo! Hey, Ian! My big fat green wedding. We're gonna kill ya! Oppa! Oppa! Hey, and speaking of sync, that's Joey Fatone right there. See, the universe is connecting the dots for us. We're gonna kill ya! Because he's the last guy that says, we're gonna kill ya. We're gonna kill ya, Ian. Um, Love that. Underrated movie. Was it it underrated? No. Well, no, it wasn't. It was a a movie that was made for like $10 million and and it made like $250 million. Exactly. It was so funny. We'll have lamb. Yeah. What do you mean you don't eat no meat? I I make lamb. (laughs) All right. Okay. So here we go. Let's delve into the heart of the matter. Okay. So first one. So how many do we have here? We have one. We have two. See, Todd and I are prepared. Two, three, four, and five. So five things. I don't know if we'll get through them all, but let's start with number one. So what happy people do differently. The first thing is the... um, the real rewards of risk. So what what they're saying is that happy people take risks. Okay. They and when and let's define risks that they're talking about in this article. They're not saying they go out on you know they go go to the mountain casino climbing or anything oh, like, like that. Death defying. No, not gambling and everything. Stuff. They're just talking about that they they appreciate their comfort zone, but they're also willing to step out of their comfort zone. They talk about how happy people are curious mm-hmm. instead of being so focused on failure or instead of being so focused on um, chain or you know fear of change or what will people think. They step out and they try 
try new things. Right. You know, the example they give in the article is, you know, and you'll laugh at this one because I don't do this, even though I tend to be a very contented person, is you go to a restaurant and you try something new. I figured that's exactly what you were going to say. Really? Yeah, because, and, and it's funny because I have an opinion on that. Okay. I understand why if you go to a, one of your favorite restaurants and you get something that you really love, my example is um, – Morton's of Chicago has a steak called the Cajun ribeye. Okay. And I love it. Right. You get it all uh, I just time. don't have the guts to try anything new because I know for a fact that that Cajun ribeye is going to be amazing. But uh, I also know that odds are something else is probably there good too, but I just don't have the guts to do it. Well, and here, this is how I feel about restaurants. Okay, I'm 42. I've tried a lot of different foods. Unfortunately, I am uh, very – I don't like the word picky because it sounds negative. I have a very limited – you know, palate, palate. Oh, because you don't eat meat. I'm a, yeah, that's part of it. That's everything. Um, but I also just don't like a. I like a lot of vegetable. I like salads, and it's just I. You're I'm a boring. vegetarian. Yeah, I'm boring. Okay. Well, and our society does not cater to your palate. No, so that's my point. Is that when I go to a restaurant, and I find something that's really good. It's like I'm just so happy to find something right. that I just kind of stick with it. But I like the idea. It's just a good metaphor for stepping out and trying something. And I think a lot of people. They stay in their comfort zone because they think they're controlling the way that they feel. Mm-hmm. They're like, if I don't try this, I won't get hurt. Nobody will, um, you know, I can't get made fun of. I won't have to fear dis- or deal with disappointment. So I'll just stay in this tight little ball of, <laughs> no, you know, I, I think non-change. I know exactly. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Basically, it's safer, safer to not take risks. People think. People think. People think they're making them their lives easier by not. By not taking any risks. Exactly. And yet um, what this article is saying that over time, if you continue to just be safe, you're going to be miserable. Exactly. Like happiness. Like one of the quotes that I love in here is um, curiosity because they're talking about instead of just thinking about taking a big risk and like, you know, it's not like you have to go skydiving, but curiosity is largely about exploration, often at the price of momentary happiness. Curious people generally accept the notion that while being uncomfortable and vulnerable is not an easy path, it is the most direct route to becoming stronger and wiser. And those are the things and why I like this, and I think it lends to our show, it's not about that quick fix. I don't like those articles that are like, be happy, you know, eat a piece of chocolate. You know, it's like, those are so they're not deep and this is about when you're stronger and wiser you are more contented right intrinsic stuff intrinsic like you're building up your insides rather than trying to fill from the outside so if i'm one of our listeners right now and i say okay how can i put this into practice today what would you say well i mean other than saying oh take more risks it's the it's the simple thing like i i think i've said on a show before that during the are week we playing we're playing footsie oh stop. i didn't even know that was your foot um, sorry that during the week there are things that I don't want to do all the time. And I try and label them as my brave things for the week. Uh-huh. That there are certain things that I'm not excited about doing, like going to get a mammogram right. or, you know, start, you know, doing a, um, uh, I'm trying to think of something else I don't want to do this week. Um, or, you know, doing something that I haven't done before, like meeting someone brand new that I've, you uh, know, created a lunch date with. Or, um, you know, sitting down and, and really finishing a piece of work that right, I haven't finished. Right. You know, these things that, you know, we try and push aside or just not bring into our life. And I try and make those at least one or two a week. I call them my brave thing of the week. Mm. And so it gives it a focus. Do you of, write it down? Um, no, it's, it's in my in head. When you know what happens is a lot of time I look at Google Calendar mm-hmm. and I see what's coming up, mm-hmm. and I'll have the, ugh, you know, mm-hmm. like that's just outside of my comfort zone, and I'll say it's my brave thing. Right. 
So, in other words, what you're saying is just maybe pick one a day or one a month sure. or one a week, one whatever a week. works. Yeah, like the, I have no opinion on how you do it. Just and, do it and have um, have that one thing, and you just know that you're going to do something stepping outside of your comfort zone. Exactly, stepping outside of your box. And the thing is, is is this goes to the detached from outcome thing is. I feel like majority of my work is trying new things. I'm constantly trying, you know, this class, you know, this article that, you know, and you never know what's going to stick, but you got to throw something right. out there. Right. If anything's going to stick, right. you can't just stick to what everybody else is doing and just let everybody else tell you how to do it. You got to figure out, you know, like you and I are offering this class, um, this whole BU curriculum that we've talked about for girls and for boys, but really we're focusing on girls this fall because the boys, they're coming. But they're coming on their own yeah, time. Yeah, it'll, it'll take a little it'll while. It'll take some time. And so, you know, this is brand new. You just said to me about an hour ago, I was trying to get prepared, and you're like, we're just starting this. It's yeah. a pilot program. We don't know how it's going to look. Mm-hmm. We we know that the intention behind it is good, right. and we know that this is something that's needed. But we got to just jump in with both feet and then learn from it. And that's how we become better at what we do. So here's the uh, little quote. Curious people knowingly invest in activities that cause them discomfort as a springboard to higher psychology. Psychological peaks. Yes. Pretty much sums it up. It does. Because even when something doesn't work out the way your brain thought it should, you, you've usually met someone new or you've learned something new about yourself or you overcame something you didn't think you could. And, and I'm all for comfort. You know, we talk about this show, do what feels good. You pick do your, what feels right. Pick your right. poison. You pick your time. Exactly. Because if it's all you're doing, it, right. you're going to be miserable and anxiety ridden. Yeah. If you're constantly taking risk all the time, to me, that's not fun at all. Right. I love to have some. All right. So let's move on to number two. But before okay. we go to number two, I want you to talk about our first partner, Helping okay. Hands Made Services. Helping Hands Made Service. That's helpinghandsmadeservices.com, 630-530-1324. As clean as can be at home and at work. If you need someone to clean your house and um, you're looking for a maid service and you call Helping Hands or get in touch with them and you tell them that you listen to Zen Parenting, you get $25 off your first service and they're really good at what they do and tell them that we sent you so they know that this partnership is a work. What's our number one more time? Um, 630-530-1324. All right. And then now I'm going to do a random movie line because I like to. You're, 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 some, you're telling people you're doing movie lines oh, again. Oh, I'm not supposed to do that. Right. Do you want me to start talking about the, the next one? No, I want to do this one. Okay. Get that finger out of your ear. You don't know where that finger's been. Do you know what that's from? Airplane. Oh, very good. Okay, move on. Um, but who's saying it to who? I know... Robert Meacham is... I think it's... Maybe it's not Robert Meacham, but some guy in the in the airport control tower place is the one who takes there. off the glasses keeps taking off the sunglasses uh yes that guy is saying <laughs> it he has two sets of sunglasses on <laughs> and he's telling some guy who has a finger in his ear to take it out because he doesn't know there don't know where it's been but of course you know where your finger's been it's your own finger and it's your own ear and it's your own ear but that's the humor and there's no reason why it has nothing to do with the story other than it's a really funny line. It's kind of like the line we were laughing at today when we were leaving school. We dropped off the girls. Get that school. finger out of your ear. You don't know where that finger's been. <laughs> what was the thing? The line. Oh, I wish you would have pulled up this one. The line about um, from we dropped off the girls at school and they went in and we were laughing about how in the movie 16 Candles, how the dude, um, there, you know, there's the school dance. And oh, yeah, I want to be with you guys. I want, and he gets dropped off and his parents like are holding the door closed. And he's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be here. I want to be with you guys. I should have told you to pull that up. Next week, Next sweetie. week. But we were laughing really hard about that really quick moment because it's just so exactly opposite of how kids want to be right. at that age. And, and what you typically see yeah. in those types of movies. So we were having humors. Okay. okay. 
Um, I totally didn't even understand. Number two, a blind eye to life's... Vicissitudes. 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 I don't even know what that word means. That's a big word. What is that word? That's that's all research-based. What does that word mean? Well, let's break it down. What they're trying to say is focusing on the big picture rather than the minutia. Like when you are looking at life, are you getting frustrated and... And, and toppled by all the details? Or do you have a grand intention and you don't focus so much on those little things? You know, I kind of, I get a visual of like you're walking towards something big mm-hmm. and there's a lot of little things in the way, you right. know, little rocks and pebbles or a tree or, you know, and you have to walk through them. And are you allowing them to cause you a ton of distress mm-hmm. and pain? Or are you looking at those as normal, small obstacles to the big intention? I went and got yogurt last night and I forget okay. what the thing is, but it's the the quote is something like life is not about um, having the best umbrella in the rain or something like that. It's about learning how to splash in the puddles. Yeah, that's, Do you know which one that is. No, it's something to that effect. So basically, obviously, you know, your world is going to get rained on. So dance with it instead of flow with try it. Try to avoid it. And it's and we we get very focused on again. This is the brain heart thing. Our brain decides. We create a plan in our head and we say. It should work out this way. And we got to understand that that's just our way of thinking and that it's good to create the plan and have an outline of what you want. But as you go down that path, there are other people that get involved, other parts in the world. The world is not just about what you want. And so you have to be able to flow, like you said, dance in the rain, with things that happen and obstacles that come up. It doesn't mean you won't have an emotional response to it, which is one of the next ones we're going to talk about. But you got to be able to roll with it. Mm -hmm. As you know, you and I say all the time, instead of allow that to stop you. Well, and from a parenting perspective, like we're always trying to run, you know, get out the door and, you know, Skylar forgot our shoes and it's easy for me to get frustrated and like all these little curveballs, like constant m- curveballs, miniature yeah. curveballs that get thrown to you in a, in a day and to... Um, know that really who cares if you're two minutes late doesn't matter. or who cares if they have two different color shoes doesn't on matter. Uh, what we're trying to do is raise three emotionally intelligent young women you got to look at the big picture right and we get caught up in the details and the details keep us from making that big connection which is you know everyone will say you know what do you want for your kids i just want them to be happy well how are you treating them on a moment-to-moment basis are you treating them in ways that demonstrate that that's what you want or are you so focused on the details and that they didn't make their bed and that they didn't you know finish their homework on time or that and i'm not saying you let those things go right but you can be calm about it you can realize it's it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And that takes practice. Yeah. So it's, it's important. But Anything um, else you want to talk about in this one before we move um, on to number three? Well, yes. I, I wanted to say that another part of this is also not being so skeptical. Is I actually uh, just wrote an article, a blog that I'm going to post in the next couple of days about cynicism and, and being skeptical that while – you know, sometimes things happen and we'll say, oh, well, see, did, you know, that didn't work. Right. That, I tried. I tried. And, I tried. I didn't get anywhere with it. Or or if people come along to help us, we'll say, oh, they don't know what they're doing or they don't really want to help me or those people don't, they don't really understand what I'm trying to do. We're, we're not open or 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 optimistic. I don't well, know what the here, word. I, I don't know if this is where you're going, but we all have people in our lives that like to be cynical. Yes. And uh, some of my best friends have some characteristics Cynicism. like that. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you stop being their friend, no. but just know who they are and, and kind of like, I don't know, build a wall up in front of it. Like just know, hey, 
this is cynical Joe, and I'm not going to let his negativity affect me. I was going to say that's really the piece is you don't need to absorb it, right. and that may be part of their personality. You know, I have friends who are kind of that's funny, their way cynical, of communicating exactly, and they may not really fully believe it. It's just kind of their way of processing information, and right. so there's nothing wrong with you know an occasional snarky comment here and there. But the the point is is that when we really have a, a Glasses, where we wear glasses that are cynical, things, everything's going to be difficult. Well, and my, uh, I'll have to protect the innocent, but but there is somebody in my work life. I'm mouthing this person's <laughs> well, name. Well, I think that Do you know who I'm talking. Yes, about? but you can hear that. No, can you hear that? Yes. Okay. Well, I have somebody who sometimes <laughs> I can tells hear it me in my earphones. Everything. I didn't, somebody he uh, he sometimes just says how things are going badly. Right. And I would come upstairs after a phone call with them and my whole energy would shift. Right. Right? Right. And you'd be like, you just talked to him, didn't you? (laughs) Well, and the thing is, is that if you decide, I mean, it's one thing to listen to someone and to hear their challenges because that's part of being a friend or working with someone. It's another thing to take on their challenges. Right. Like you don't, just like Todd said, you know, a second ago, like you can hear them because that's their truth, right? Right. In that moment, that's what they believe. But you have to make a decision for yourself whether or not that's your truth. Right. You can take in that information and, or I choose to 98% of the time not. Right. Um, you know, just that's their view of the world. That's right. those are the glasses they wear. Right. So, and the, and the big thing here is, is this article says that happier people, um, what they do differently is they see the big picture just, and they don't focus on the minutia. Right. Just take a step back and take a look. So, okay. all right, number three is the <laughs> unjealous friend. Okay, do I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Do you know what that's from? Um, let me think. Is- I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Is that Mean Girls? I think it is Mean Girls. That's Rachel McAdams. And then, so yeah, this is called The Unjealous Friend, so I decided. So no one told you that was going to be this way. Jealous- <laughs> Good clap, sweetie. Thank you. Well, you know, I've watched that show a time or two. You Did you? <laughs> I liked Ross. I'm Ross. I'm Ross. <laughs> Who's your favorite? Well, it depends. Chandler has always been my favorite, but Ma- Monica, when she's either drunk Monica or fat Monica. Oh, yeah, fat Monica. And I also have a, a thing for, I like Rachel's growth. I have a thing for Rachel, too. Is, wasn't that <laughs> I don't mean, I don't mean a thing for Rachel. That would be kind of cool, too, though, if you I think mean, about it. I mean, as far as someone who had a real, they all had big arcs. Like, mm-hmm. they all came. But Joey, you know, not too far. Right. He you didn't know? go far. And, and Chandler did. But really, Rachel's the one who, I mean, she went from where she was at the beginning, you know, basically going to get married and have someone else take care of her to working for Ralph Lauren. You That's know? right. Quite a um, career jump. She Well, and just, you know, she she grew. So anyway, So that's the friends. jealous friend, we're buoyed. The unjealous friend. The unjealous friend. We're buoyed by others' good fortune. So What's this all about? The, the article that I was just talking about that I just wrote was really about this one. And it's, the, uh, what's that word in Tom... Um, in Tom Shadiak's book, I can't pronounce it. It's a German word, Schneidfreud. Schneidfreud or whatever. Yeah, yeah like I can't that. say it. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I think sorry, everybody. Know what we're talking about. But it's the word actually means to to revel in other people's misfortunes, mm. to to hat in other people's misfortune, right. to like f- derive pleasure when other people are in pain. Right. And what this article is saying, or what this one, being the unjealous friend, is saying, is that happy people 
take joy in other people's joy. Right. And that there's a word for that, a Sanskrit word uh, called, it's mudita. 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 And it means to take pleasure or joy in other people's joy, that definition. And we as a society, like to build people up really high, Mm -hmm. and then we like to rip them down and watch them have problems. Because? Well, what do you think? I think it's because if I focus on other people's problems, then it allows me to forget about my own. Allows me to forget about my own and allows me to go, whoo, see, they suck too. Right. So I don't have to work on myself because everybody sucks in the world. This is the cynicism thing. We look around at people who make mistakes and say, oh, well, they make mistakes too, so now I don't have to correct mine. Right. And I think that... Okay, that's the negative aspect. What we're talking about in this article is the fact that if you can take joy in, you know, the joy that other people are experiencing, number one, you become this amazing friend. Right. Like I'm thinking in my head of two people, two people specifically that I always, and you always, you're not. I'm thinking girlfriends, but you always take joy in my joy, which I want to just say thank you. No problem. You always listen and you are, you know, wonderful about that. And it actually says in this article that um, research shows that when romantic partners fail to make a big deal out of each other's successes, the couple is more likely to break up. On the flip side, when partners celebrate each other's accomplishments, they're more likely to be satisfied and committed, enjoying greater love and happiness. That's pretty huge. That is huge. Um, One of your successes was your ability to manage these four or these three girls of ours uh, over a four-day period this week. Yes. Well, nice we've job. done that before. Yes, we have. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I was ready for it uh, because you, you and we actually had a very low-key weekend. Do you know what Cameron said on Saturday? She said she wanted to do nothing on Sunday. Yes. She said, can we do nothing tomorrow? And I was like, amen. And we sat outside. That's your daughter. I know. And But everybody loved it. JC needed mm-hmm. it. Skylar needed it. We And when I say nothing, we ate together. We went to Panera. We mm-hmm. read books. We did. So it's not like it doesn't mean that we weren't with each other. Right. It means we were side by side enjoying moments. Well, and it's funny because obviously I'm always thinking in terms of the listener and plenty of listeners out there are married. And this is not about children as much, at least in your example, is if you can um, really invest in the successes of your spouse. Like, I can't imagine being jealous of your success. Oh, but that happens all the time, Todd. Think about breadwinner situations where a wife or a partner starts to earn more money than Mm. the man. And that makes the man feel uncomfortable because he's not quite sure... It throws off his sense of being, and right. and I'm not saying that's right. right. I'm saying he's not full enough in himself right. to understand that her success doesn't diminish him. Right. He feels like his role mm. is what makes him who he is instead of who he is makes him who he and is. And I think 30 years ago, that was probably more prevalent. And not 30 years ago, like there was more woman uh, breadwinners. Obviously, right. that's happening more and more now. But I think it's easier for us guys. Like I have plenty of friends whose wives make more money than they do, and I think they're, they're like sweet. Yeah, they're like sweet. <laughs> I don't have to make as much now. Right, you're right. And they're, that would not have been said thirty years. The ago. The tide is turning. Right, it is definitely turning. But these guys that you're referring to, and I know them, they're really great. They're they know who they are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And right. they they love. 
and appreciate their spouse and they want the best for them. Having said that, I, there probably is a small part of those guys sure. that has this, oh, wow, you know, like it's a total like well, they, male thing. They probably had to deal with that initially yes, right. and probably now they've come, hopefully, yeah, you just some just get used acceptance. to it or you deal with it or you accept it, right? But that's the thing, again, about being a friend and this is in partnership or this is something you can teach your children. This is really important for especially young girls and boys to know, but also with your, you know, like my same gender friends. Mm. When someone can revel, can enjoy your joy mm. as much as you do or lift you up in the midst of that joy and say, I am so happy for you and like spread the word. Right. Do you know what a gift that is? Right. Because in this society, we have such a thing about not shining and mm. not, you know, I don't want anyone to think I'm important. I don't want anyone to think I'm special. You guys, all of you are special. All of us are important and we all have different moments of shining. Right. And when you have a person in your life who helps you with that and, and can hear it and can stand on their own two feet and know that it doesn't diminish them, mm-hmm. gosh, that's like the one of the greatest signs of a and good friend. It's hard to do and it's easy to do at the same yeah, time. It's true. hard to do because we have egos. True. And we mm-hmm. don't want to get passed up by it. Like let's say I started a business with my buddy, like parallel businesses at the same time and all of a sudden he became a multi you know, jillionaire. Were you, were you going to say jagillionaire? I said it's kajillion. <laughs> um, and I'm still like making 10 bucks a day right. or whatever. There's an egoic side of me that is like, you know, mad. Like, what am I doing wrong or what am I missing? And um, what you're saying is if you can, you know, understand that that is part of human our human makeup that yeah, we have ego because ego or the the simple word that I can talk about because it's a feeling is envy. Right, envy is so normal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there are people. You know, I tell you every day. You know, that I'll read an article about a woman doing something really great for kids, and I'm like, oh, I'm so envious that she's. You know, like uh, there's always people that you'll be like, but I kind of think about it as you can emulate them, or mm-hmm. you can look at it and say, why does this frustrate me so much? And look at it as an opportunity to look at yourself because either one you feel like they're doing something you want to do so that can you know propel you to do that right. or number two you they are maybe walking through fear and you're not and you know that you would like to walk through fear right and so these are they are wonderful everything just got really loud in my ears i agree same thing happened to what me just happened i'm let's gonna just, turn it down let's just assume everything is just fine okay um but basically you can you know, look at that as a as an opportunity for growth. Right. But no, envy's normal. Yeah. I mean, we all envy. And don't beat yourself up. No. Don't beat yourself up over it. But if we can, you know, what this is basically saying is, uh, celebrate the good luck or the good fortunes of friends, and it will make you happier. Yes, that's the final point. Is that sometimes when someone tells us good news and we like poo poo it, or we don't listen, or we don't acknowledge, or we say it's no big deal, you kind of feel bad about yourself later. Right. Like, wow, I didn't help. Them. Especially if they're being kind to you later, right. you're like, wow, I didn't really lift them up. And so it may feel a little uncomfortable in the moment because that ego is screaming at you, especially people who tend to have good news all the time. But my one thing I want to say about that is don't assume that you know about everything about their life. I hear a lot of people say to me, well, they're happy all the time. They've never had anything happen to them. They don't know pain. I call baloney on that. Everybody does. Everybody does. And so don't make stories up about how someone else hasn't had enough pain and they deserve they don't deserve it because they haven't had enough, you know, struggle. That's all nothing. That's our own That's our own that stuff. we got to deal with. So. so be a good friend. All right. Um next one is a time for every feeling. What about Tree of Life? Yeah, let's talk about Tree of Life. Okay. Tree of Life. 
Chiropractic Center, chirotree.com, 630-941-8733. Healthy families by choice, not by chance. Um, Mention ZPR, um, and you can get a complete initial chiropractic exam, x-rays, and a report from Dr. Kelly for only $27. That's a pretty darn good deal. Give me that number again. That is 630-941-8733. All right, so the next one is a time for every feeling, the upside of negative emotions. I have a very bad feeling about this. What's that from? <laughs> well, because I heard the Wookiee in the background, That's right. I know that that was Star Wars. <laughs> Somehow I got the feeling that didn't help us very much. <laughs> What's that from? That's Han Solo. I know. Uh, were those the Ewoks in the background? It was. Gosh, am I good today? You're pretty good. You're really good. Thank you. You're awesome. Are you holding me up in I'm success? celebrating in your success. Thank you. Of nailing both of those movie lines. I celebrate you. Um, all right, a time for every feeling, the upside of negative emotions. So Ooh, this, this is right up our alley, this right? This is right and sweet as wheelhouse. Well, I'm, I'm putting you in that wheelhouse, too. Yeah, but it's you still be more you. Well, I think the whole point of this is um, this one, you know, happy, what happy people do differently is they understand that negative emotions or every emotion, we won't, we won't label it, is normal and that it's okay. And that rather than, you know, then feel that, you know, you can't look at that emotion or I feel sadness, I'm going to sweep it under the rug, you have an innate understanding that emotions can be feedback for you. They can remind you, they can signal what's going on. They can tell you when something isn't right. They can tell you when something has hurt you or you're disappointed and you can be okay with that feeling and then move on. You don't need to live in a feeling. Anytime I tell people it's okay to be sad, they're like, I don't want to be depressed. Mm -hmm. You don't have to just be sad for a few minutes. Like yesterday, Skylar wasn't feeling good in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. And she was crying a lot about it at first. Like, oh my gosh, I don't feel good. She was just like... She was getting worked up over, she was getting worked over the up. feeling of being sick instead of just being sick. And I was like, honey, you're sick and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And just give in to it and there's nowhere you have to be. I'm here. Is that supposed to be more plugged in? No. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And just, you know, just be in it and all of a sudden it's like her breathing slowed down Mm -hmm. and same with any other emotion you know anxiety sad it's it's okay and even though it doesn't feel good it will pass this too shall pass that's right and you know so just understanding um you know that every feeling is okay i know and we've talked quite a bit about that but yeah just uh separate you know, I am, I feel like, right. you know, I feel like, I think Josh just posted uh, a blog, a friend of mine, Josh, and I wish I would have reread it before this. Cause I think that is, you are not how you feel. Right. Right. That is like, outside of what you are. Let's go back to, and okay, two separations, because I feel this is necessary. We've said this before. Difference between shame and guilt. Shame is I am flawed. Mm-hmm. Guilt is I made a mistake. I don't like the choice I made. I'm going to correct it. Do you see how when you're feeling shame and you're saying I'm a flawed person, it's very hard to correct that. Right. You know, because if you're already thinking there's something bad or wrong with you, how do you correct that? If you acknowledge that it's just a feeling or a choice that you made, mm-hmm. that can be moved through. So there's a difference. And the same thing as I am, I feel is I like, you know, the last one we were talking about being a a jealous friend, quote unquote, jealous, you feel envy. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're not an envious person. Right. There you go. You just feel envy. I'm feeling mad. I'm feeling envious. I'm feeling hateful, but that doesn't mean you are somebody of hate. Because guess what? 
everyone else in the world has felt that too. Mm. I just heard that Maya Angelou quote again yesterday. I think I've listened to her masterclass like 80,000 times, but it's so dang good. And one of the quotes that she gives, and I can't remember who says it, but she's quoting someone else, is anything that is that a human being can do mm. is of me too. Right. And we don't like to accept that because we'll look at someone, we'll say, well, I could never do that. Mm. Or we'll, you know, people who make really poor choices, I would never do that. Anything that a human being can do, yeah. any human being can right. do, but it's about the choices that we make right. to maybe to go in a direction of right. contentment right. and to not hurt people. Right. So my point in saying that is that it's okay. If you felt a negative emotion, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. I felt it. I know. Do you feel it, Todd? I do. I do. I felt a little bit of, um, because I was up too late Saturday night, I was really beating myself up. And yes. probably not as much as I used to. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of it was baggage because I knew you were on and I wasn't going to be as available to you yesterday for helping out with the kids. Um, but at but, least you came home. Yeah, I, I did. Your presence I, I made a was few enjoyable. good choices, but um, I tend to... It's funny. Sometimes I hold myself in a higher regard than I do anybody else. And <laughs> hey, you're not alone in that. That's messed up. We all do that, don't you think? I think some people are the opposite. I oh. think some people give themselves all the breaks in the world themselves. Oh, I see. And then they direct everything else outward. I'm kind of like, you know, if somebody... You forgive everyone, but you don't forgive exactly. yourself. Exactly. Yeah. It's messed up. Yeah. Well, I can relate to that. First step is awareness. Though. It is. And I can relate to that. Like you always will say to me when I'm upset about something, what if someone told you this, what would you say? Right. And I'd say, I'd tell them to go easy on themselves. Right. And you're like, well, why don't you practice what you preach? Yeah. Just go easy, man. Okay. So um, last, last but one? not least, the well being balancing act. So this is just talking about how pleasure and purpose can work together because I think a lot of our uh, something we again discuss on the show a lot is our need for productivity and constant striving and goal reaching and that we become so um, what's the word obsessed with that, mm-hmm. that we forget about having pleasure along the way, right. that it is so good to have an exercise program or do something that's for your physical fitness. But if you're letting it get in the way of maybe taking a day off and relaxing with your kids right. or having, you know, a piece of cake at someone's birthday party or, you know, going out for a nice dinner and not being like, oh, I'm going to bring my shake instead, right. you know, you're, you're kind of missing out on what life's about. Like there's a balance between that sense of you know of purpose Mm -hmm. and the feeling of let me get little pleasures here along the way so like you know i think are you saying like uh let's say i'm an exercise and diet junkie yeah and i don't really appreciate any of the good stuff because i don't allow myself because i have to be you know so thin or i have to be so healthy and i don't want to eat this or that you're kind of missing out on life. I think it's a form of perfectionism. And I think we can do it to ourselves in so many different areas. Like one of the things in this article that I could relate to for sure was, you know, I'm very focused on the books I read. They're nonfiction books. They're about the things that I do in my work. You know, they're very focused on becoming a better person, helping other people do that. And you know what? Sometimes those go away and I read The Hunger Games and Twilight and a bunch of like you know, or, trashy or books. People magazine or, or people whatever. magazine or, you know, things that don't have mm-hmm. a deeper meaning, right. but they just are fun right. to read or 50 shades. Mm-hmm. I read all those too. You know, just ha- just enjoy things and don't feel like you have to explain yourself or that that makes you a bad or, you know, bad person or you need, I, you know, it, that's life. Well, and our our logo is our unofficial logo is the yin yang symbol, yeah, which is all about that. So we talk about this all the time, but it's no less important to exactly. remind people that you know 
pleasure and purpose. Like purpose, I feel like is the work, like this is stuff that we're striving to become. And the pleasure is the immediate gratification of something really good. Yes. And both need to have a place in your life. They do. Exactly. You, and you, and the, the work in life is noticing the difference between the two, realizing when you need one, you know, like Cameron realized, mom, I need a, a, a day off completely. Cause on Saturday, even though it was low key, we still got in the car and, you know, we went to uh, Batavia, which was wonderful, but it, she still had to like drive yeah, right. and do stuff, you know, and she was like, can I just have a day where I do nothing? Well, because the previous five days was filled with, with school. school and after school and everything else. Expectation on her. She wanted a summer day is she, what she wanted. Exactly. Because summer is filled with nothingness And in, we deserve in summer days and we deserve to, you know, bring summer into the rest of our year. And I'm saying that in quotes, meaning you don't have to be like, okay, summer is fun, mm. though the school year is hard. Mm. It, bring some fun into it or else you are just basically striving for summer again. Right. Like enjoy now. And I, you know, I just, I told you this story a couple hours ago, but I was saying that on Friday, you know, when you were gone, your friends came Thursday night and then you were gone Friday through Sunday. Right. And it was Friday after school and I was kind of gearing up like, oh my goodness, like we had no, you know, like mm. I was trying to figure out how to deal with things. And my friend Noreen from down the block came over and said, hey, let's just sit here and have a glass of wine and it's nice out. And you have no idea what that does for me mm-hmm. to like, have you know good friends. a good friend and have a, one glass of wine and take a break and that feels that's right. that's pleasure right yeah and there's no point behind it it's mm. not like it has to become a big night and, and it was spontaneous too which was totally. even more fun too and so that those little things you know they 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 are good they are good <laughs> how's that for a final that's statement very profound okay so that, um, that's all I got. So that's baby. those are the uh, yeah, and we're pretty much done anyways. So okay. let's move to our last sponsor. That's Avid Company. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Their number is six three zero nine five six eighteen hundred. They do an amazing job. Please give them a call and tell them Zen Parenting sent you. Uh, last but not least is Tournament of Bad. Tournament of Bad. Tournament of bad. That's the tournament of bad. So <laughs> tournament I, of bad. I'm actually giving you this one. Oh, uh oh. So I did something bad. No, you had a complaint. Not about me this time. Okay. Uh, not I that you complain about me very often. Uh uh-uh. uh. Um, I have written down on my paper the loud typer guy. Oh my gosh. Talk about the loud okay, typer guy. So I was at the library. What was day was that? Thursday? I don't care. I go to this quiet area in our library. In Elmhurst, we have this amazing library. Um, and I go to this quiet area where there's, you know, lots of tables and other people working, but it's very quiet quiet and passive mm-hmm. sounds. You know, it's not <laughs> this guy at a table in front of me. I swear, I demonstrated for you. Yeah. I have never, I, Todd's kind of a loud typer, but not like this. It was like, like I have never experience such loud typing so much so i looked up and the funny part was he was looking right at me and i thought is he typing but you know we didn't know each other i'm not being cynical i'm not thinking he was trying to like bother me but it's almost like he was seeing is my loud type i don't know but it was terribly loud and you had to, I move. Had to move and you even put earphones in i put well i put earphones in i thought okay you know he's a loud typer but this is a total seinfeld episode right. you know he's a, the loud typer but i'll put earphones in it wouldn't keep it i i couldn't get couldn't the noise get it out, out. it was so loud in the clicking i was like he's gonna have hurt fingers when he gets home click clack moo click clack moo how's that type uh, that's right i love that and the ducks um so good job on tournament of bad sweetie thank you what was it we had for dinner tonight well we had a choice steak fish yes yes i remember i had lasagna <laughs> 
Um, so let's start promoting ourselves. Okay. For goodness sakes. Well, if you are listening to this on Tuesday, August 27th, we are having a free class at the Daily Method um, focusing on girls who are between the ages of fourth grade and eighth grade. And it was originally just for BU parents. You know, you have to turn that up a little more if you want people to hear it because last time people couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it on the show. Much better. And um, so if you want to come and hear about BU, we've already got a full class, but since it's a parent's class, you're welcome to just come and listen to what we're going to do. August 27th, Tuesday, 7.30, The Daily Method. Uh, Ed Bacon's coming. Let's remind them one more time. October 3rd. So we'll give you more details about that. And buy your books because they're really, really, really good. Thank you. You're welcome. And you can get those at KathyCassaniAdams.com, Self-Aware Parent Part 1 and Part 2. Yeah, 20 bucks. So this is Todd Adams saying farewell. Have a great week.